You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose here on 103.5 FM, WNHH, NewHavenIndependent.org. Powered by La Voz Hispana right now, engineered by Mr. Harry Dross with the rolling R. I don't know why he's always uh, adamant about that. Uh, And I finally got his name right today, so I feel pretty good about myself. With that said, um, you know, special thanks to Paul Bass, Norman Rodriguez, and everybody here for uh, allowing me to spew, spew. This is an educative moment. I have with me today, get right into it. You know me. I don't waste any time. I have Mr. Anthony McDonald from Hello. the New Haven Schubert. Yep. Uh, what's your, what's your, t- you're like director? A, uh, executive director. Executive director of Schubert Theater here in New Haven. And uh, let me just say that, you know, in New Haven, the Schubert is a, like an institution for us. And, uh, and I would like to thank you for taking your life and transplanting it here in New Haven and in the greater New Haven area and helping us, you know, bring this gem shining on, you know, polishing this diamond that we have. And you are doing that. I'm trying my best. So let's go back in your history. Uh, you right. told me that uh, you, you've been, you were, you went, you studied theater, right? Yep. Uh, so I uh, went to Howard uh-huh. uh, University for my undergrad in theater arts administration with a minor in business. And then I went right after that straight to Columbia for their theater management producing uh, master's program in New York. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you spent some time in London, too. Uh, I studied abroad in London and during undergrad. So I had six months out in London uh, where it was really just I felt like I wasn't really in school because I was so accustomed to doing like six to eight classes a semester. Mm-hmm. And in London, I had four. But you spent a lot of time there going to theater. You say, of course. You I say, mean, with the I tightest saw, of budgets, with the yeah, tightest oh, of budgets. Oh, yeah. Uh, being in theater, you, you have to learn how to budget your life if you're going to survive because oftentimes you don't know when you're going to get that next paycheck sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I learned real quick that, you know, and my mother, especially, she was like, when the money done, it done. <laughs> She's from Jamaica, uh-huh. so she so she was she wasn't playing games when she said that. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that my you know like five thousand dollars I cut it and spliced it for the next six months of my life, mm-hmm. and made that last. So I was able to see thirteen shows while I was out there on like a three hundred pound budget for shows because thankfully in London, especially during that time, yeah. you know over a decade ago, uh, most shows had student pricing for like uh. 25, 20 pounds. So I really made that go pretty far for that uh, length of time. Wow. And it was just an amazing experience. I'm actually heading back there in about two, three weeks, actually, right now. Okay, very good. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. And then you came to Colum- – then you did your um, master's work at Columbia. 
in New yeah. York. And of course, you're already in the heart of it all. Yeah, I'm from Jersey, so it was okay. almost like a coming back home for me from D.C., which, of course, isn't that far away uh -huh. either. Uh, yeah, Howard is, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I had a great time at Howard, more, more importantly, you know, it really HB, was. HBCU. HBCU, the HBCU. Oh, well, but, but, hey, be careful now. I, I mean, <laughs> Just, there's a lot of talk about other ones, but <laughs> there's, there's only one real HU, you and know. That, and that's Howard. It's all good. Okay. It's Howard. <laughs> um, but, um, but no, but, you know, my time at Columbia really was uh, time well spent. Because mm -hmm. I really was getting taught by the industry. You know, mm -hmm. we had some of the biggest players in the industry as our professors for the different um, classes that we were taking, whether mm -hmm. it was press, whether it was advertising, whether it was building a season for a nonprofit institution. We had some of the biggest players in the industry as our professors. So I was really able to learn the industry from the industry. And that's why I went to Columbia, because they really did have the best program for commercial theater which is the for-profit side of theater. Wow. They still taught me nonprofit sides as mm -hmm. well, but it really was about commercial slash Broadway. And that's where I ended up kind of migrating right into um, basically during my time studying those mm -hmm. two and a half, three years, or more, more like three and a half years. Okay. Um, so, and, yeah. And then no now, let's, so let's migrate right into that workforce. So let's talk about a little bit of your experience. So what was your first experience in Broadway and, and you know, how well, did it go? It probably was even before I got to Columbia because I had, um, after that study abroad, I came straight back home to Jersey mm -hmm. and ended up interning eventually that summer for two different producers on Broadway. Wow. So I, I had uh, interned for Randall Reggett, who passed away a couple of years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, producer on Broadway, a lot of plays, more so than musicals. Mm -hmm. um, so I was interning with him probably like three-ish days a week. Wow. And then I was interning for another gentleman by the name of Ken Davenport. Uh, he had a show at Webster Hall Saturday nights called My Awesome 80s Prom. <laughs> and so I was a production assistant on that show, um, which I got paid zero dollars from both those places. But that's besides the point. It was a different time, supposedly, right? Different times, yeah. Different times. Uh, you were an intern. You did. You used a proper word. I was an intern. And we all assumed already they were unpaid. So but see, that's it. the problem, though. That's the, you know? is, because, in America, it is because it is almost like, uh, you know, cheap labor. Yeah. A lot of these well, companies treat it Free labor. Way. Free labor. Yes. You know, I, and I ate a lot of dollar slice pizza that summer <laughs> and still went into a little bit of debt because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I was going to the city uh, and making no money. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's right now, dare I say, why at the Schubert, I don't have any interns because if we can't pay them, I don't want to just ask folks to work for free. Wow. You know, because oftentimes folks that look like me and you can't mm -hmm. afford to work for free and take all that time away when they got bills to still pay. Yeah. And yep. if we can't do it right, which is doing it right by at least paying minimum wage, which is still not going to help somebody sometimes, but at least it's something. Mm -hmm. But I can't do that. Then I'm not going to have them yet until yeah. I can figure that part out. Okay. Um. You know, and I and I always know how people say, well, they can do it for the credit. That works for some folks, but still, that can be a burden to others. And I don't want to make it still dis disproportionate for somebody else that would love the opportunity but just can't afford to do it for free. But you've taken full advantage of it. You've taken full advantage of that internship, and you moved on to work in several, several yeah. Broadway productions in different capacities. Oh, yeah. What, what were some of your favorite positions and, 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 and titles that you really love working for? Well, honestly, I enjoyed almost every experience. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, the first ones that really was a great experience for me were um, the trip to Bountiful, mm -hmm. where I was the assistant to the general manager. 
and the trip to Bountiful starts. Cecily Tyson, Vanessa Williams, Cuba Gooding Jr. Mm. Um, and it was obviously to work with Miss Tyson mm. because you didn't call her by her first name. No, 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 no. no. Miss Tyson. Just, when, when, when we reach diva status. When you reach <laughs> her status. <laughs> wow. Miss Tyson status. Yes. It was Miss Tyson. Um, you know, to work with her, to kind of see her do her thing live and right in front of you it was definitely a, a special experience mm. that um you know i'm, I'm blessed to say I, I had with her um so from that show i crossed over to do to working as an associate to the general managers on another show called first date that started zachary levi mm. and krista rodriguez mm -hmm. and that was also now kind of probably my first real paid gig okay so i had done like two or three i'd done three internships and then i finally got this first paid gig, which kind of now allowed me to feel a little more like I've made it because mm -hmm. uh, I was no longer an intern or making two fifty a week, mm. you know, cause I was still technically an intern in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, but then after that, which a lot of these, I was beginning to experience, as I mentioned to you before, the idea of you never know how long one of these gigs is going to last because mm. I was somewhat tied to the show mm -hmm. and in turn for uh, first date lasted about six months. So I maybe was employed for like eight months in total. Mm -hmm. And then I was, then I was done. Um, I then transitioned to probably one of my favorite shows that I worked on, which I wish people were doing it more, but it was called Holla If You Hear Me. Okay. It was a musical using the music of Tupac Shakur, but wow. telling a different story. And that one was again, one of those that was a flash in the pan. It came and it went sadly too quick. Mm. Um, but it was just, to hear his music every night, to see these amazing artists and dancers on stage. You know, there was one guy who I still talk to every once in a while, who's now dancing with Jason Derulo, like on his tour mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all the time. Is His name is uh, Valentine Norton. Okay. And every night he had a solo that was unchoreographed for um, Hail Mary. Wow. And they just kind of, it was just him on stage kind of like a special in a way, but kind of like, you know, dark lighting. And he would just emote the music and every night would just kind of just let it flow through his body. Nice. And it was just kind of every night I would just, I would just go upstairs and go watch him because he just would, it was just magic every single time. And the people just didn't get it that you can't choreograph that. That's just this artist doing his thing and them saying, do you. That's amazing. That's a con contemporary improvisation, which is um, my, one of my wife's favorite parts of Dancing with the Stars where they, they bring out that great talent and yeah. they, they just feel the music. They go th with the vibe. Uh, and this was hip-hop. Yeah, this was wasn't even contemporary. Holiday. This was straight-up hip-hop dancing. And like like I said, it, it was phenomenal. If you ever find him online on Instagram, he's on Instagram, all these places, okay. you know, you can see I, him doing his thing. I will thing. do that. I will do that. What, what was what was one of the major productions like that everyone would know? I mean, how have you hit me? Trust me, I, if I see it up, I'm going to go watch it. But Believe me, I will, I'll, I'll follow you because <laughs> okay. I want to see it again myself. Um, the last six years, I ended up working with a company called the Nederlander Corporation or Organization mm -hmm. um, in New York. And I became then a theater manager. Mm. So basically, the theater manager's role is he's the eyes and ears and the, and the representative for the theater owner. Mm -hmm. And so the last two theaters that I worked at before the pandemic hit was the Gershwin Theater where Wicked is. Mm -hmm. And I was there for about three years. And then I transitioned to the Minskoff Theater where Lion King is. 
Okay. So those were the last two major theaters that I was at um, on Broadway before the pandemic shut everything down. Mm -hmm. But it was, once again, you know, when you're a theater manager, everything that comes into that building is your purview. From the personnel that work there, from the production that's renting the facility technically, um, to the people, the patrons that are coming to see the show, the facility itself, operations, payroll, HR, all those things uh, yeah. is what I had to worry about and, and think about every single day. And it was, eight, you know, Broadway's eight times a week, six days a week, one day off if you're lucky. That was my gig for the past six you, years. And you, and you uh, imagine you, you were able to squeeze in a social life and all that. I did. I was able to uh, eventually meet my wife and <laughs> get married, you know, and dare I say, during all that time, pay off my student loan. Wow. Excellent. You know? Congratulations on that, man. Amen. Wow, that's a round of applause. You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario Hill, 103.5 FM, WNHHUAVENINDEPENDENT.ORG, powered by La Voz Hispana. You're listening to the executive director of Schubert Theater, Mr. Anthony McDonald. Now, yes, yes. We, we, went, we, we just went through this first half of this resume, which is wonderful. Now you know why he's here, how he got here, because it's not an overnight success. It's not like they plucked you out of a hat out of grad school and say, here you go. No. You I wasn't that lucky. There. I, I, I worked. I worked my tail off uh, during this past decade, honestly. Mm -hmm. uh, and and as we kind of said, it was in different capacities. You mm -hmm. know, it really was on the production side of things, but at the higher level of management. So kind of seeing the budgeting and mm -hmm. how uh, we make decisions at a, at the big level with the producer, mm -hmm. um, to then the company manager side of things, which works directly for the general manager. So I'm working on the day to day aspects now with the company itself, the actors, mm -hmm. the production team taking care of them and making sure they have what they need to then the theater manager. So now the other side of the equation, working for the theater owner and taking care of the physical, the uh, physical facility mm -hmm. and everything that goes inside of it to where I kind of really did get a, an overview of all sides of theater um, in order it, to kind of understand what it takes, what people are doing so that I know what you should be doing when you're not doing it. And that's how the Schubert theater got blessed with your presence. Now you're here in New Haven. You bought a home in North Haven uh, with your lovely Fingers wife. crossed. We should be uh, closing by next week. Okay. All right. And uh, the budget the budget for uh, uh, is, is still intact? The, the remodel budget remodel budget is still uh, intact? I don't know about that, but we're, we're working on that. <laughs> working on that. We're working on that. You come to the Schubert Theater. Uh, how was that process? How was the interview process for you? Oh, man. Uh, this happened all during the pandemic when I was chilling at home. You know, March of uh, that year, Broadway shut down pretty quick. We were one of the first industries to shut down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, As a theater manager, I kind of had maybe work for another month, month and a half at the most. Mm -hmm. But excuse me, after that, that was it. I was hit chilling. So we actually left New York uh, basically July 4th weekend that year mm -hmm. because, one, the area of New York was just deteriorating. Yeah. You know, know it, it, cops, it became a ghost town. Yeah, the cops kind of disappeared a little bit. And... It just went the, the opposite moved, direction. The, the homeless moved in. I, I, they I, moved in. Some folks who were, you know, doing drugs moved in, and it just wasn't a great area. And we have a dog, so we had to always go outside to walk mm. that dog two, three times a day. Uh, it just wasn't a great environment. So okay. we ended up leaving, spending some time with our both of our parents in uh, Florida and Maryland. And it was when I was in Florida uh, when we saw this job opportunity. Mm. And, and when I read it, it just felt like everything that I've been kind of going for and preparing myself for was mm -hmm. all wrapped up into this job. Nice. Um, and so, yeah, I think right after my birthday in October of that year, we sent in the, the uh, application, the cover letter, 
and six months. It took six months. Mm. You know, I heard nothing until like December, mm-hmm. which then they wanted to actually uh, reach out to my um, references first. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, but you even talked to me yet. <laughs> but they want to do it this way. I said, okay. So they reached out to them. January, I finally heard from the recruiters officially. Then began that process of actually now talking to like the CEO of the company, the board. Um, I had to do a a written kind of uh, statement of kind of you know what my what would be my goals in the first like year <laughs> or two. Thesis. <laughs> I wrote a five page document. <laughs> I literally did. You know, um, vision th- is very important in this business. Oh yeah, vision and determination are like the two key aspects. You passed the test, obviously, with that five pager. I thankfully did, you know, and um, so sure enough, you know, six months later, March fifteenth is when I started uh, last oh, year. Last year, okay. Last year, and, and now you're the, you start out there, and what what are the your first productions you got going? I've been recently because you were shut down until. Well, we started. We uh, opened back up last October, okay. which uh-huh. was uh, not technically my my inaugural season because I was fulfilling things that were promised prior to my arrival. Mm-hmm. So we were getting through the motions of doing these shows, doing the Broadway shows, and then also the non-Broadway shows uh, last year. I got a chance to add a couple things here and there, mm-hmm. but it really was just trying to get an idea of what, what I have in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we look like? You know, how do we operate? And that was also tough because 75% of the work staff at the Schubert was let go due to COVID prior to my arrival. Mm-hmm. So when I walked in the door, instead of having 15 people there, I had four people. Wow. And me. So I didn't have anyone in development. So the first person I hired was my development director now, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Bussett, um, because, you know, my CEO knew more than I did because I was also, also coming from the commercial world. So nonprofit, which is what the Schubert is, we mm-hmm. are a nonprofit organization, was new to me in the sense of, you know, I never had to raise money before in this way. I never had to think about grants because, once again, in commercial, Especially with what I was doing. It's all paid for. It's paid for, and I was on the operations side, especially. Mm -hmm. So I knew that world. I didn't know development necessarily. Mm. And so we hired Nick, um, and then little by little, you know, throughout that summer, we started getting a team together. But even after that, we still had transitions happening. Mm -hmm. We, you Mm -hmm. know, didn't have right fits. Mm -hmm. People came, people went. Um, So even today, we're still not done. We're still looking for more people. You know, we're always looking for ushers, bartenders. We will, uh, right now we have a front of house operations position open. Um, I don't know if this other business is, is up there yet, so I won't say it. No, don't say it, don't uh, say it, don't say it. You know, but check out our website. You know, Mm -hmm. we have a careers or work with us page where we have job openings there and we're always looking for talented people. So now you start your first season. When, when did your first official season that you, that you, when did that start? That's now. This is this this season. This is my inaugural season where I had a hand. Where this is you top to bottom. Yep decision-making yeah for better for worse for better for worse you know because that's what this, this really is this is a trial season because i'm still trying to learn this community i'm still trying to figure out what this community wants to see you know and it's not what i want to see necessarily because it, it would be k-dramas on stage <laughs> it, it, well if, if my wife had her way yes okay. as she as i was telling her this morning what do you talk about k-dramas i mean <laughs> I, that's my thing now i'm like but who introduced you though uh-huh. Like who had to like force you to sit down or read the subtitles until you finally said, "Oh, I get it," and now she's a fan. So now, uh, so, you, so now you're trying to get that same feeling from the New Haven community. You, you've been in every single gala 
I'm going to one tonight, the the Black and Hispanic Elders Gala. The, the, yeah, the Amarantes. Yeah, I got I got yeah. invited, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go. But you you you've been balancing your time. You go to all these galas. You you you're finding out what is the feel. What is the feel that you're getting? What is the feel that you're getting from the? Because you, you you know New Haven is so diverse, and that's the thing. That's the feeling that I'm getting is that it's it's just a diverse place. This weekend was actually a prime example of that. We closed My Fair Lady a show that started the, at the Schubert Theater in 1956. I had so many older patrons coming up to me saying, I saw this with my parents back in the day. Mm. You know, I was eight years old when I first saw the show here at the Schubert. Mm. You know, and that audience, you know, were, was a little whiter, you know, mm-hmm. older and whiter um, because of that show being a classic Broadway show. It is. But then Sunday night, we had Alvin Ailey. And that audience now was a little bit younger. It was a little bit darker. Mm-hmm. Um, still mixed. Mm-hmm. But once again, it was completely different looking and feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because that is our community. We're all here. And that is the fine line that I'm trying to, you know, balance between trying to honor our past while also building upon our present day for the future because mm-hmm. we can't live in that past. You know, once again, people, hmm, people come and people go. Mm-hmm. You have to continue to replenish the audience, continue to make sure you're branching out and reaching out to another audience, because if we don't, then where will we be in 10 years? Will we still be here? That's a great question. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to right now really honor and think about who is our audience, mm-hmm. because it is, once again, we're in a majority minority community. So if we're not programming with a few of those kinds of ideas in mind, and we're just thinking that they're going to come to every My Fair Lady that we're going to do. Mm-hmm. We're losing out. It's not to say that you and myself won't come to a My Fair Lady mm-hmm. and enjoy ourselves. Mm-hmm. But if you also just want to have a good time and laugh and come to We Outside Comedy, you know, with Bill Bellamy and Tony Rock okay, and Ryan you're Davis. Plugging, you're jumping ahead. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> let's, stick, let's just stick to, to, to this field. To but this is field. my season. You this know, and that's season. the beautiful thing is that we're giving it all this season. I'm trying to really branch out and show the world what we can do when we try. So you, know? you were talking about development and finding grants and looking for it. Uh, one of the things we, we, you know, this is a, a rediscussion that we're having. Okay. For those who are out there, you were going through your uh, headaches of also inheriting not only a dynasty of a theater, but you also got the bones and actual structure. Oh yeah. And you were, oh, yeah. you were talking about how dealing with that, uh, was very interesting because, you know, it's a 50-plus-year-old. 107-year-old. 107-year-old building. Yeah. And you're going and you're trying to push these changes on top of everything. You want to talk a little bit about the, you know, oh, I, your, your, your surprises? and uh, <laughs> Surprises, man. Uh, we have made a lot of changes for the better already in these, like, 19 months. Talking about a surprise, I had heard that on my house left side of my theater, there was a big leak from the, from the roof at one point. Mm. And it, you know, once water hits plaster, it begins to bubble and crack. And for some reason, and I got to be careful, unfortunately, we, had, we didn't have the time mm-hmm. to fix the cracking of this wall. And nobody showed that to me during my walk around before I got the job either. Oh, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> like a month into the job, I'm like walking around the theater. I'm like, wait, hold up. What's that? 
mm-hmm. and I'm looking and it's like up and down like three, four stories of this building on the same wall. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Y'all like, why hasn't this been fixed yet? Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise that I didn't like. Um, <laughs> but even just in general, I just felt like the theater hadn't had a lot of TLC in a minute, mm-hmm. you know, theaters that old and just in general, your building, you have to take care of it because I do feel like the presentation of your space is a representation of the kind of experience you may get. And if you're not taking pride in that space and how it looks and how it's clean and how it's, it you know, smells, just smells, I mean, it smells, all I mean, that, it all matters to the patron when they're paying a hundred plus dollars, maybe for a show or even 80, 75, $60 for a show. Mm-hmm. They still want to make sure they have, they feel like they're getting their money's worth, mm. you know? And so since I've been there, we've replaced all the carpet down the building. Mm. Uh, We've replaced the ceiling tiles in a building that probably hadn't been touched since the 90s. We finally replaced the seats in the building. So the brand, these are brand new seats as of this season. Mm-hmm. You know, some folks... Uh, some folks are like me are, are built a little bit uh, extra wide. And, well, all of our seats now are, are hopefully going to be able to accommodate you a little bit easier now. Because we, not as much as... It's going to be better than spirit, that's for sure. Well, I <laughs> hope that you can find the right seats because, honestly, we actually took out a seat out of every row, each section of the mezzanine and balcony, especially to make sure we can put the biggest seat in the house as the predominant seat in those two sections. Mm. We already have basically the largest seats in the orchestra, mm-hmm. but we never had that really a mezzanine and balcony. Mm-hmm. And so now if you're sitting up there, hopefully you're going to feel like you actually have that space from the width. The distance now is always a challenge oh, oh, because yeah. you know, your knees are always going to be bumping. And hopefully these new seats will bring you your hips back a little bit to hit, give you a little bit more space. You know, when you're a little bit taller, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's always a challenge. And but, believe me, if I could have space for every seven foot tall person, I'd, I, I would love to have that. But that's not necessarily reality. That that's is, the problem. So, so TLC, yeah, uh, you know, worked on the roof issue. Uh, the curtains, did you, did you get around? Brand to new that? curtains are going to be curtains? going up next week. Next week. Okay, next week. that's in the, that's in the process. Uh, new carpet. That's very important because man, after a while, those carpets were, we had this red carpet in that orchestra because we had replaced, let's say like 90% of the carpet in the building, but the orchestra section, the actual theater, we couldn't replace until we changed the seats out. Mm. So that lasted longer and it was paper thin. It, it had seen better days and it was time for it to go. Wow. And so thankfully now all of that is gone. And once again, it's about elevating the space. And making sure, like I said, any patient that comes in, they're going to look around and hopefully say, wow, this is a nice theater. Why haven't I been here before? Or why do I keep coming back? That's mm-hmm. my goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, to keep them coming back and you're doing that. You're listening to Keeping It 100 with Jose Candelario, 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven powered by La Voz Hispana, uh, super seen, super, super overseen, overseen by Harry Dross. Dross. I'm Jose, and uh, you're listening to, to Mr. Anthony McDonald. And we covered so far... His resume, uh, the difficulties of transitioning into a, uh, an antiquated building, to say the least. Say the it least. is a gem. It is a gem. It's downtown New Haven. It's a great location. You cannot fight it. You know, uh, the, you know, parking is always an issue. But you know what? If if we're gonna try and work on that next season, as far as just uh, maybe making some of our shows a little bit earlier, so oh, that okay. you know, folks, before maybe the rush of, of nighttime comes my people can already be in the building in their spots and have hopefully a little less issues mm-hmm. with the you know, parking we, garage filled with the partiers and, and exactly. the, bar, the bar goers. We're going to try and we're going to try and work on that because that is an issue. And I do, and everything that I can do that's in our power 
to try to enhance the experience, then I, I want to consider that and, and see what we can do to make that possible. Okay, so then now, now, now the rest of this show, we are now you can promote everything you want to promote. All right, even the the housewarming December seventh. No, I'm, I'm glad you're telling me. All right, <laughs> sounds like you just invited yourself. <laughs> sounds like I just produced it on air. I don't there know you where. go. Um, no, but you got great. You got some great events coming up. Um, we really do, and, and we will talk about a little bit of diversity. You do got Tito Puentes coming into town down the line. Yes, down the line in April. In April, uh, that's Rico Monaco, Rico Monaco, Tito Puente, Puente Jr. Uh, you know, this is something that is important because we haven't really done a lot for this community mm -hmm. and for this community to be as big as it is in New Haven and really in the New Haven region, mm -hmm. we got to do better. Mm -hmm. And this is just the beginning. I'm hoping that I can maybe add something else, maybe even next season as well, or next year, mm -hmm. um, especially in next season, just continue to try and do more. But you know, I'll be the first one to say, I am not, and I was not hired to be programmer in chief. In that sense of, I don't know everybody out there. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not, you know, my thumb isn't on the pulse of all the different bands and you know, artists that the community may want to see. So I'm always open to suggestions. I'm always open to ideas because at the end of the day, I don't know everybody. And I'm, I'm not afraid to say that. Mm -hmm. And so if there's other artists that we can't afford, because that's the key thing. <laughs> I love to bring Bad Bunny. Afford. You yeah. know, I would love Bad Bunny yeah, to come yeah, through yeah. the Schubert. <laughs> but can I afford Bad Bunny? Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, we all know that. <laughs> You know, he, he's doing arenas now for a reason. Yeah. He's that big. Um, so if there's other artists that we can really afford that the community really does want to see and support, then I'm all for it. Because okay. at the end of the day, like I said, I'm not programming for Anthony McDonald. I'm programming for the New Haven community. And then, and like I said, very, very diverse. You, we, we, let's talk about comedy. My favorite. We outside. My favorite. We got outside. November's around the corner. We yes, can start talking about it now. Believe me, this was something that I, I saw probably like a month ago on Instagram. My wife saw it first, actually. So mm -hmm. I can shout out Brittany McDonald. Mm -hmm. She saw it first. and was like, Ooh, you see this? I was like, Oh, uh, I want, I want that in my theater. Yeah. You know? So I made a couple phone calls and sure enough, here we go. Now, uh, on November 26th, the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, mm -hmm. we are bringing Bill Bellamy, Tony rock and Ryan Davis, the Schubert theater. You know, we generally don't do multiple comedians in one night, but this tour is built like that. This, this tour, tour is built like that. This tour has Michael Blackson on it some places, Kelsey Kells. Gary Owens. I mean, Gary Owens. They, they really got a great lineup. They do. And you still pulled some of the. I, I, I still, hope so. You, and I you think got some so. good artists coming in. You Tony know, and, Rock's hilarious. And they're all funny. And they're that's all. the main thing. So I'm really hoping that the community comes on out because, once again, you know, I picked who I think the community wants to see. And I'm hoping that they prove me right. You know, because I want to continue to do more of this kind of stuff. You know, comedy is something that's supposed to make you feel good. Mm -hmm. A night where you can just let go, stop thinking about the drama in your personal life, and just come and have a good time and laugh. Mm -hmm. Hopefully stop at my bar as well, but just come and <laughs> laugh, you know? And so all being well, this goes well. And even if it doesn't go well, and whatever that means, I still want to bring more of this. Mm -hmm. Because I know there's an audience. I know we don't have places in New Haven necessarily to come and experience these kind of shows and we shouldn't have to go no offense to my friends up north but we shouldn't have to go to casinos to see great comedy mm -hmm. you know if we the schubert does our job right you can stay right in your own neighborhood you don't got to think about driving an hour and 15 20 minutes yep. and deal with the parking there too and deal with just all of the rubbish come on down 15 minutes down, down the block 
mm-hmm. come to the Shoebrook Theater, come downtown, come have a drink at, you know, Anchor Spa, come have some food at Villa Lulu or Pacifico, you know, come and have a good time. You're touching on something that the the micro macroeconomics of the Schubert Theater. Yep. That when people go down to see a show, you really are pumping a lot of money to the local community. Yeah. And and I think that's such an important piece to having a theater downtown New Haven because a lot of these businesses, you know, they they'll do well on their own, but they do extra well. They do even better when when people have have dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. And we have a lot of restaurant partners. You know, I named a couple of those restaurant partners, actually, when I just, you know, named a few mm-hmm. people. But in general, we have probably, I think, eight to ten different restaurant partners in the general area of the Schubert Theater. Where if you're a patron of ours, you usually get, can get a discount in some way at one of these restaurants. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do most of them is just show your ticket. And wow. so, you know, so we're doing our part to really uh, to give people an experience mm-hmm. to where it's not just a show and you go home. But if you want to do it right, you can come, have dinner. Have, you know, start your night off with a great meal, then come to the Schubert, get another drink, you know, enjoy yourself with all the things that I'm offering, you know, like Aperol Spritz now and Rosé. Like we're even changing yeah, up the bar menu a little bit. Just to, mm, oh, exactly. Okay. You know, we're trying to make it a little classy. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but for real though, so you, you know, to tell me you're not going to have any Hennessy. I don't think we do. I mean, if you come to my office now, I do have the white Hennessy, oh, but that's hey. that's besides the point. Hey, that's a bit, and I don't want to know how you got it because it's illegal in this country. So let's well, leave no, that alone. Because I'm a traveling man, that's why. That's and I right. saw it. I was like, uh oh, I, I know you can't get that in America, so I copped one up for myself. Yeah, uh, uh, white Henny. Oof, too, too, uh, too it's open. I mean, if you want to come on by, Jose? Yeah, I, I, I'm hey, just saying. I'm taking advantage of that. I'm not gonna say no to that. Come um, on by. Uh, I, I I took it for a Remy Martin guy, like a seventeen. I'm a gin guy. Yeah, gin guy. Oh, I love gin my guy. gin. Okay. You know, uh, Plymouth is my favorite gin, uh, but I got like four or five gins in my office because you know. Yeah, I love your office already. I, I've never been, but trust me, <laughs> it's a nice. It's, I I I can entertain when I'm ready. There you, you go. Know? You you are that type of person. And I, one of the questions we have I had for you offline was. You know, finding a balance of going to all these galas, starting the theater up. You, you know, you're now. Year two, maybe there. This is like nineteen months, so nineteen year, months, so two years, or month this is technically year and a half. my second season. So. Okay, so year and a half. Yeah. Um, and your wife still hasn't left you, so that's thankfully that, not. Uh, <laughs> how's the balance? How's that balance? How's that balance going? Well, you know, what I was kind of mentioning even earlier is that that Broadway schedule is tough. You know, it really is six days a week, eight times a week. And she works a more nine to five kind of job, even though it's five o'clock is fictitious because she's never done at five. Nah, no, no one is. Um, no one is. No, no, true workers are not done at five. No. Nah. Um, but, you know, so the thing was when she would get home ish, I'd already be gone for the night because now I'm because theater happens at nighttime. Mm-hmm. So then I'm gone. I come back home. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And now she's you know, half asleep when I'm coming home and I'm like wired because I just came from work mm-hmm. and it was always that balancing act of even just trying to find time to see one another awake, let mm-hmm. alone hang out and like be a couple. Mm-hmm. And so now at least I don't get home so late. Mm-hmm. I still don't leave at six o'clock when we end. I mm-hmm. leave at seven o'clock, seven thirty most nights. Mm-hmm. But the idea is at least we can have some time together when we're both actually awake. She may still be working and I have to try and pull her away sometimes from her work. But the idea is it's, a, it's, a, it's easier now based upon the past. Mm. But, yes, we still have times where I have weekends or even tonight we have Rocky Heart Picture Show happen at the Schubert tonight. And then I have this gala as well. She has her own gala she's going to in the city. 
so it's like we're both trying to juggle a whole lot and yet trying to make sure that my dog gets fed and like gets a walk at the same time. So that's so, where, so that's where this K K drama comes in because you got at least something that you both have in common. You both sit down on Netflix and binge basically. And, and basically, like, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, in, especially during the pandemic, she was even crazier because she's a labor and employment attorney. Oh. And so everything during the pandemic was about labor and, yeah, yep. you know, People what are we supposed to be doing? Off and, you know, and you know so she was, was just that much busier. And here, and here I am sitting on the couch watching MSNBC and like, what do you want me to do? My industry is shut down. I don't got, I got nothing. Mm. And it's not my fault this time. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, this time. Um, so that's when we started really watching a lot more. And, you know, as one way to kind of really just turn off her brain mm-hmm. and help her, like, woosah. Because with all these K-dramas, you got to sit there and read them. And, for, and by K-dramas, we're talking about Korean Korean, Korean dramas, drama, Korean TV operas, shows, Korean yeah. TV shows, and and, and, and we, you were talking about them, and I'm thinking to myself, South America, we do the novelas the same way. Yeah. They only run for like a season, two yeah. at the most. Yeah, you know, like that's Betty it. La Fea, you know, Ugly Betty. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I original. That Originally, oh, yeah. that was Latino. Yeah, and that only lasted two seasons. That's why when uh, in America, when it goes more 10, than 8, 15 seasons. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, how does that happen when the original we knew ended? Yeah, when she got the job. So. Like, yeah, and believe me, it's it's that same principle, you know, in the K-dramas and just even other parts of the world. They tell a whole story in maybe sometimes 16 episodes of a full hour because mm-hmm. these ain't like 45 minutes. This is like most times an hour, hour five, hour ten mm-hmm. to tell this story, whatever that story is. And now just recently, because it was too big to not do anything more, Squid mm-hmm. Game Mm. It's coming out with season two eventually mm-hmm. because, like I said, it was so big. It actually won, I think, Emmy, Emmy Awards this year. Yeah, yeah, it was Emmy you know? nominated and everything, yeah. And, and this was a straight-up K-drama. This wasn't anything more or in English in some way. This was a K-drama that the world slash America is finally starting to realize that other parts of this world really do amazing work as well. Because it, our, you know, sometimes it really takes us to travel to understand just how much of an influence America has on the world. And mm-hmm. it's just, to me personally, nice when you can see the world influence America a little bit. Mm-hmm. And put a little stamp on us, whether it is from Korea to South America, you know, to my lovely place, Jamaica, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have say everything right here. We can still be better by learning from other people around the world as well. Oh, man. I, I, I love those old school Rasta movies from Jamaica. <laughs> Oh, the audio was all sync and they still speak in English. I did not understand Believe how that me, worked. One of the, the classics in our world is The Harder They Come. Yes. Uh <laughs> And even <laughs> in that one, there's times I'm like, what do you think? But then my dad like, you understand that, dad? He's like, yeah. He didn't understand he it Because it was such thick patois, you know. But it was a beautiful thing just to be able to see those kind of stories. Because you really do get a chance to see a community, a country, from their eyes, though. You and not from see, you anybody else's. You get to see your else's. own people. You get to see your own people on the screen. And that is such influential. I just came back from uh, La Bamba celebrating. Mm. It's like 25th anniversary. Yeah. And how important that was to see people of color on the screen for the first time. Yeah. I mean, you remember seeing La Bamba and being like, for me, I was just shocked. Yeah. And that's the thing of what I'm really trying to do with Schubert. You know, the idea is with our community being so diverse, for me, I want to make sure that kids growing up here, which needs and has to be the next generation of theater goers, that they can mm-hmm. see themselves on that stage. Yep. You know, and I think with things like Ailey 2 coming this past Sunday, mm-hmm. with things like uh, even we, 
from we outside, yes, but even another thing that it's like a new community program that we're doing on November 5th called Elm City's Finest. Yep. This really is a celebration and a showcase of artists from New Haven. And it's not just artists on the stage. It's also visual artists. It's restaurateurs who are going to bring some, some samplings. So they ain't a buffet, but some samplings <laughs> of food from their restaurants. Get there early. You know, and this is actually happening after the show. After the show. So we give okay. you a show first, wow. and then you can hang out in the building thereafter. We'll have vendors in the building, the restaurant tours, the visual artists. Wow, so this uh, is like a, a, brewery. a social event. This is really a social event that we really hope the community comes out for because we have, it's a little bit of a sampling of just who's in our community and some of the talent that we have here that we sometimes, especially in the Schubert, I, I won't speak for anybody else, but we haven't always honored that talent. We haven't mm -hmm. always brought them onto our stage and mm -hmm. said, we want to pay you to come perform for mm -hmm. us. You know, and this time we're do trying to do just that. We do have help from the city of New Haven and the cultural uh, art, uh, arts division of the, of the mm -hmm. city, Adrian mm -hmm. Jefferson. No. Um, and so we're really hoping I like, that. I like how you name drop so smooth. I like that. Go, well, go, you go, know, I'm go, trying to make sure I don't mess up nobody's name. Oh, really. that's more <laughs> Trust me, that's more important than anything else. Exactly. I, I'll get a phone call like, you said what? What was my name? Like, <laughs> so so you, that collaboration is working very You're It seemed to be a, a consensus builder. Uh, you're always looking for collaboration. I just see that that's like your forte. That's what you're really looking for. Well, you for. know, that's the beautiful thing of this community is that there is room for that. You know, whether it is with Arts and Ideas now or Long Wharf or somebody else outside of our community, which I'm, I'm kind of cooking up right now for mm -hmm. next season, the idea is this doesn't happen because of this one entity or one person wanting it to happen. We really do got to come together and collaborate. You know, I'm trying to even collaborate with, you know, folks like Joe Rodriguez and PRU to try to help me and the Schubert bring content to his community, mm -hmm. you know, and just understand, like I said before, what it is this community wants to see. You know, mm -hmm. what artists can I bring in to help just have a good time? Because that's what theater should be about in entertainment. It's about bringing the community together to have a good time and make positive experiences. And so that takes people to a village to make that come to fruition. And it really isn't just because I, I said so and it's going to happen. I got to get help. You know, and, I, and if we're open and honest about it, then hopefully the community will help us do what we got to do to make sure that they feel represented and and invited into the building wow okay uh you've been listening to keeping it 100 with jose candelario I'm, I'm speechless uh being around such a i hate to say it but you are very eloquent well-spoken and knowledgeable about theater and uh it's a fresh you know it's fresh air for me fresh air there's not anyone i could talk about theater you know we, were, we had a conversation about my daughter going to see chicago and, mm -hmm. and uh you know and, and all that so it, 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 it didn't turn out that chicago was closing you know because we, we had that conversation i, I, was, I didn't yeah, think it was because you you and so it was more that they brought back somebody after 25 years because she's also looking at retirement uh, okay oh so, they, so was it bb new earth yes there you go they brought her back uh for the last couple of you know last couple of years because she took a couple of years off oh yeah they brought her back so you know it's at the you know it's at the end of her run so she's she's shining bright on broadway but i'm not who, surprised but who else do i talk to you, you name you drop I mean, the name you know every that is you don't know how important that is for our community not a lot of people can do that well believe me i love what i do and i love this world this industry that i'm a part of that i'm blessed to be a part of because it isn't easy you know believe mm -hmm. me there weren't a lot of people that looked like me coming up during even my time at columbia mm -hmm. i was the first man of color in my program what? 10 years, 12 ish years ago, I was the first man of color in the theater management producing program at Columbia. 
What? And so it was, and thankfully I had the base of, and the foundation of Howard that allowed me to know who I was and to be comfortable in my, in my black skin at the end of the day mm -hmm. in this now pretty white environment, mm. you know? And so I'm not one to allow that to stop me in some way. It was more motivation and motivation in the sense of, I know I have to do the best that I can to make sure that I'm not the last. Wow. Because that's the whole point. It's not about being the only and being so special in that world to say, Ooh, look at me. I'm, I'm the first and only. No, but it's, so it's, then what did you do to try to change that and to make a difference? And let me tell you, it's lonely. Yes, I mean, it was. People, people be like, Oh, you, you did the first person. I'm like, no, that's some lonely. That's some lonely at, I don't want to curse, but it's some lonely stuff. Well, you know, once again, I experienced the same thing here as the first person of color now to run the Schubert in 107 years, you know, and it's like I said, I mean, I it's a lot of pressure because then we, we don't want then if you, you better not mess up, you better not mess up because then no one else is coming behind you. And that's sometimes, yeah, it's in the back of my mind, you know, that all these kind of different things that I'm trying to cook up and do. It's not that I have, you know, some kind of like checklist that if I don't do X, then it's that's it. It's finito. But the idea is I don't want. I only want the best, you know, that's why everything that I'm trying to do with the theater facility wise, I'm trying mm -hmm. to improve us to make us on par with our colleagues in the state. Yeah. But then, yeah, when I, when I bring things like we outside, which is not something that we are known, known for. for doing yeah. that often. Yes. We've done some things in the past, yeah. but when I want to try to change up the game and make it a little more frequent, I got to have the community come out and support that. And yes, it's not necessarily just me saying it aloud and them then coming. I got to still find them. Okay. We got to still do our job. So let's do this. What's the website? Schubert.com. That's S -H -U -B -E -R -T -dot com. S-H-U-B-E-R-T.com. And that's where you get all your tickets, all information on some shows. What are, what are some shows that people can be looking out for now? Tonight, well, tonight you got Rocky Horror Picture. With Barry Boswick, the original Brad Majors. He's wow. going to be in the building. Okay. Uh, we have... Well, you know, I got a little cheat sheet here, so give me a second here. Uh, bring out that cheat so sheet. So we got Elm City's Finest on November 5th. Once okay. again, we're going to have folks like Robot Monster, Jalen Tyler, uh, Yex Diaz. We have Jackie Brown. We have Creative Arts Workshop with the visual artists there. Hmm. And I and I and now I'm going to need you to help me with their name because while I look Spanish, I am Jamaican. <laughs> All right. I speak a little bit of Spanish, but moving – Movimiento. Movimiento Cultural. There we go. Yes. I always butcher the name. I, I hate butchering people's names. So it's like I try really hard, but that, that middle part gets me every mm -hmm. time. But they're also going to be in this Elm City's Finest as well. Okay. You know, so we very have. Good. So it's very, it's, even that is a, a reflection of where it is that you want to go with the theater because this sounds like a, like a crazy lineup. You got hard rock to, to Afro-Caribbean dance. To Afro-Caribbean, <laughs> yeah. to some spoken words, some poetry, some theater. It really is, like I said, it's a it's a celebration of just different artists in our community that live right amongst us. And now what are your more traditional titles that, that you have coming up? Yeah. So then we have, uh, a soldier's play is our next Broadway show. Okay. Uh, starring, starring Norm Lewis. Then we also are going to have billion dollar quartet Christmas in December. Mm -hmm. The hip hop nutcracker is hopefully going to finally come this time. Cause we had them scheduled last year. Mm -hmm. And then a week prior before they came or were supposed to come folks in the cast got COVID. Oh, okay. And they shut down the whole tour. So they, I, I'm, I'm 
We're going to pray that it get through. Amen. Hip-hop nutcracker. The hip-hop nutcracker. <laughs> the retelling of the classic story, but told through hip-hop dance and just giving a different kind of flavor for mm-hmm. that show. For a traditional show that, that Schubert, I remember when I was a kid, that was my first Schubert experience was the Nutcracker. Really? They came out and they did a couple of the numbers, you know, the... the well, I'd be remiss if I didn't say the New Haven Ballet's Nutcracker is still coming back to the Schubert as well this December. Excellent. They'll be there the 16th through the 18th. Okay. You know, so we really do have some great shows in Abamania is mm-hmm. uh, also November. Our, or I think it's Mania, the ABBA experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if you love ABBA music, it's going to be a good time. And that's what I mean by showing that di- diversity of just content. It's cool to have ABBA Mania then right next to a We Outside because my community looks like that. Mm-hmm. So if I can get one community in on this night, the next one on that night, that's all good to me. You know what? I've all, I've, I've seen multiple Swedes and, and bros hanging out, okay? So it's, it's not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you and know, I, we all here. And everyone knows Abba. Everyone knows Dancing Queen. You pop that up. And, and no matter who, who you are, what color we you are. We may not want to admit it, but we know it. We, <laughs> you know? I'll admit it. I'm not a I Dancing mean, Queen, but I'll listen to it. I'll dance a little bit, but I ain't going to be doing, you know, certain dances. <laughs> certain certain dances. <laughs> I'll just have a little dance. You know, I'll, I'll jiggle a jig in my seat. It's so all good. overall, thank you very much, Mr. Anthony Medano. You've been listening to Keeping It 100 with uh, 103.5 FM, NHH New Haven, Independent.org. And uh, we're we're going to be signing off. Any fine, you're fine, You get the final word. Believe me, I am just, I, I'm blessed to be in this community. It's been a joy so far. And, you know, the Schubert Theater is in, is here for everybody. I don't care what you look like. The Schubert wants you to come through and support us. We want to support you. So things that we're doing for the community by uh, supporting different organizations, it's all at the end of the day because we're a part of this community and we're going to stay here a part of this community. And we want you to come out and support us. Schubert.com is where you can find tickets, find more information. And jobs. And jobs. Volunteers as well. We have some volunteer opportunities. But at the end of the day, we have jobs. We have volunteer spots. And we also have great content and great programming coming through for this community because this community deserves it. Full stop. There you go. And with that said, I'm Jose Candelario. This has been Keeping It 100. Stay tuned for more programming here out of 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Independent.org, Community Radio. Con mucha alegría, porque...